0: Chris will deal with it focuses on bridging the gap between where you're at now and where you'd like to be. We'll explore wisdom and techniques from a wide variety of domains and industries and apply them to your unique challenges. I love developing frameworks, processes, and storytelling metaphors that enable personal and business growth. Through actionable next steps, we'll build momentum and confidence. My goal is to help you clear roadblocks, do more with what you have, and realize the potential of yourself and your team. So throw your challenges my way and Chris will deal with it. Welcome to episode 23 of Crystal Deal With It, Six Phases for Prosperous Pitching. Today's question, I've recently been promoted to a role that requires sales outreach. I've never had to set up something like this before. Plus, I don't think of myself as a good networker. What advice do you have on organizing my effort to successfully pitch potential customers? I'm going to broaden our asker's question. They want to set up an outreach program. Outreach programs have common elements and almost always need some customization. So I'm going to offer up advice that can be applied to a broad range of instances. And our asker's question is very well-timed because I've been developing a specific outreach process to begin my search for a literary agent. So throughout this episode, I'm going to use myself as the example of how I'm going to customize that generic plan. And you can apply the advice from today's episode to a wide variety of outreach needs. It can be building a customer base. It could be a specific product or service sales effort. It could be to recruit employees. It could be for networking and relationship building in and around your neighborhood. It could even be for finding a new job because you're pitching yourself. So I set up an outreach process around six phases that all start with P. Prepare, prospect, prove, pitch, postmortem, and push. Number one, prepare. So you wanna solidify stock, situation, and system before starting. Review what you're seeking or selling, whether it be a partner, product, or service. If it's a partner, What are your requirements for this person or company? What does a successful partner need to bring to the table? What do you need to bring to the table? You have to understand the expectations of both sides so you can properly define the needs or what you're offering to them in your pitch. Let's get into product. First off, does it exist? Is there prototypes? Is it just an idea? Uh, Can those being pitched access or buy this product easily? Is it already in the market? If so, can you utilize existing customer testimonials and or references? And if you're crowdfunding or looking for a manufacturing partner, do you have or need the prototypes to do the filming that you're gonna need to really have a successful crowdfunding campaign? Let's say you're pitching a service. How specialized is your service? Is direct pitching the right process? Would most people rather find you on a specific service such as Fiverr, TaskRabbit, Rover, et cetera? Who are your ideal customers? Does your price point align with people's expectations, your profitability? And are you certain you can deliver? Or are there elements or risks that you can't deliver on commitments made? Or to put it another way, can you and or your firm cash the check your mouth writes? Regardless of what you're pitching, you have to remember people do business with people or businesses that they like and admire. So what makes you likable and admirable? And You need to practice your pitch to hone in on this. Also in this phase, You need to define your stakeholders. What will they require to make a decision to go with you? A business case? Do they need sales collateral, such as a line card, one pagers? Do they need product samples? Do they require a pitch letter for an agent search to maybe it's sample chapters or a manuscript? And I'll get into that in a minute. What environment or environments do they live and work in? Is it a stable environment where they're really looking for solutions that are simple, straightforward, and repeatable? Is it unstable environment where they need solutions that can be improvised or are highly personalized or they're looking for partnerships that they can rely on to anticipate their needs that'd be more in a service offering whereas a stable environment might be something like uh, just a generic product sales buy my widgets what's your timing in the pitch is it short term or is it a one-time buy you know are you focusing on the product then make the decision a no-brainer they can make a quick decision. Are you looking at a long-term interaction? You really need to focus on the person. What about the partnership, product, or service are going to make their lives better? What about you is going to enable that improvement? Is there a nebulous end goal? This could be true of a business venture or an opportunity. Is there a potential for opportunity expansion, market growth, or potential add-on products or services if the first part's successful? There's a lot of questions here, but for all of them, the better you define these goals in this first phase, the easier it's going to be to achieve them later. At this step, you're also going to develop a system that you're going to use to manage the six phases of pitching, but we're going to cover this in more detail after reviewing the complete process. So I'm going to review this phase in the context of my personal agent search. What I'm seeking. I'm looking for a partner, a literary agent, specifically one that is strong with middle grade science fiction. What makes me likable? I write books that blend interesting genres, and I speak to communities that I'm a part of, hockey, games, public transit. I'm also familiar with and capable of executing elements of the production process. That's working with artists, doing graphic design, supporting product design, even illustrating in a pinch. What they're going to need to make a decision. They require a refined, quality pitch letter, a complete manuscript, which is done. Brief description of me and what I bring to the table besides the work. A great podcast, for example. What environment do they work in? Listen, the publishing market right now is a volatile and uncertain one. There's been a lot of consolidation. Paper supply chains have made profitability a struggle, all paired with declines of readers and bookstores. Lots of noise makes it hard to find strong signals. Therefore, I need to have a clear focus on my target agents. Put a lot of effort to tell well researched agents that I write work in specific, narrow wheelhouses that align. With their contacts and experience. For example, I'm not going to go spam agents en masse because I'll end up pitching agents who specialize in paranormal romance or something. What's my timing? I'm looking for a long-term interaction. I want an agent to represent the bulk of my work, both the current novel I'll be pitching, as well as the Rainy River Bees trilogy and any potential future work, whether it be TV deals, movie rights, etc. In my case, I'm also interested in finding an agent who may have connections north of the border, where hockey books enjoy far more popularity and sales than they do here in the States. Now, I've yet to prove this, but I'd like to think that having four books ready to go is attractive to the right agent, which is more opportunity to make money off my work up front. Let's move to phase two, prospect. Finding folks for forwarding facts in the future. At this stage, we're not targeting or qualifying who we're trying to catch. We're simply defining where and how we're going to cast our nets. You have to define the avenues at your disposal that you're going to find these prospects. It could be industry magazines, networking events, or conventions, your personal and professional networks, LinkedIn, social media, friends, friends of friends. There could be referrals. You may want to consider reward and incentive programs for people who may be able to refer you to other business. It could also be mailing lists. Now, I've given this caveat on a few previous podcasts. You really want to be aware of buying lists. Many of them are just padded, and it's just a spamming tactic anyway. And how are you going to capture these potential contacts? What information can you enter in up front that will save you time in later phases? I'm going to review this phase in the context of my agent search. One element of my strategy is going to be searching books with similar characteristics to mine. Research their authors and their agents online. Often they'll call out their agents and thank them in the acknowledgments in the back of a book. I'm also going to be reading industry magazines for announcements of publishing houses that are signing similar books. They often list the literary agent representing the author. I'm also going to go to reputable website databases of literary agents. Usually you have to pay a monthly fee for access to that database. Uh, I'm also going to use my personal network. I do have a few friends in and around the publishing world. I'll ask for advice, connections, or trends. So I also plan on attending some literary conventions in 2023, so my system needs to also utilize that in-person connection that I might make. How I'm going to capture leads. I'm going to talk about how I plan on using an airtable table-based system at the end of going through all six phases. Phase three, prove. Ensure evidence will enable enthusiasm. So it's tempting to go right from prospect finding to pitching, but in most cases, I think that's a mistake. In this phase, what you want to do is the proper homework prior to pitching. You want to qualify that each prospect is a suitable match for your product, service, or partnership. You need to attempt to understand the prospect's needs and challenges. Remember, information about your product is likely symmetrical. They often have the ability to look you up or your product before deciding to buy. Gone are the days where you'd walk into a car dealership uncertain what price you should be paying for a car. At least, that's what should be happening. You want to consider the different elements of the domains in which you're going to connect with your leads. So there's a bunch of examples here, and the big ones. Email. We all get so many emails every day. Do you have permission to send it? What message is going to grab their limited email attention and not waste it? How likely is it that your email will be considered spam and ignored or blocked? Your phone. Listen, the phone can be a great tool, but not everyone's comfortable being pitched via a call. Who's likely to pick up the phone? Are you calling a business or a person? You should know who the key contact is before you call. Now, the company's website can be a great start, or at the very least, know the role that you're seeking, a purchasing manager or a key decision maker, so you can ask whoever picks up the phone, get in touch with that person. And if that key contact isn't there, you want to be sure to ask for their name and title if you don't know it yet. Another avenue could be online networking. LinkedIn's the big one here. It's an excellent research tool, but I don't think it's great for active pitching. You know, is the prospect active on LinkedIn? Are they posting a lot? Do you have any shared connections that you could leverage for a personalized introduction, second, third level connections? Are there any common interests, employers, industries? What you really want to avoid here is the dreaded connected pitch. I get these messages all the time from people that want to connect, and then two seconds after I approve, I get an automatic pitch on their service or product. It's a very mixed bag for pitching products and services. I view it more as an advertising platform, post rather than push. You want to provide content so that people who are interested might learn more if they happen to look you up on that platform. Same thing could be for Instagram or Facebook, but in a more professional setting here, you're probably going to be more likely doing this on LinkedIn. Let's talk about avenues of conventions and networking events. These are wonderful opportunities for deep connection. There's just a lot of it. Conventions are crazy. It can be very easy to forget most of the conversations that you have. Don't focus on all the features of your product or service. What you want to do is focus on making a personal connection. So ask questions. Be curious. People love talking about themselves. And this information you get back from them, that's the gold. These are the ideal hooks that you're going to use later to reel them back into the awareness of your product or service post-show. Have a notebook in your pocket. As soon as you can, after an interaction with someone, write down as much as you can remember. Because you won't remember much later, no matter how good the interaction went. And you have to understand that this, the flip side of this is that no matter how awesome you or the conversation went, there's a good chance they won't remember much from it either. Do your homework before a show. Who's going or might be there? Rank your prospects if you know them. You want to be systematic after a convention as well. You can't follow up too soon, not too long after. You know, use the notes from your interaction at the convention as a bridge for their memory as well as your own. One last avenue to consider here would be word of mouth. You provide a service or product so awesome that the customers come to you. That's great from a pitching standpoint. You don't have to actually pitch them, but how will they be looking you up? How do they get in contact with you? Is there anything you can set up so that when they inquire, you learn some important facts that are going to help you prove their potential as a customer or a partner? That might be a web form, for example. If you can, ask them how they heard of you and track this information. What kinds of leads or avenues are people hearing about you? and that might also feed into a referral system as well. So each of these domains has specific expectations and challenges. Your process needs to be flexible enough to handle all the domains you're gonna be pitching in. And these domains can vary a lot between industries. Each industry may have written and unwritten rules or norms of conducting business. You know, selling a commodity to a consumer follows a very different pattern than selling services to a government agency. Another way to view this, A call center in a foreign country will just work off of a generic script and a phone list, expecting a large percentage of quick hang-ups. I'll never find a literary agent if I use a similar technique. It's not in the winning playbook in that industry. It's not how they work. And one last thing here when it comes to this part of the process, it really does help if you've dug the well before you got thirsty. Maybe you're listening to this and you don't have anything to sell right now. It's still a good idea to consider a similar system to this to keep up with your network. Try to help others who might need your help now so that when you do go to them in the future, you're more apt to do that. So let's review this phase in the context of my agent search. What I need to prove. Does this agent represent middle-grade fiction? What previous work have they sold? Do their preferred genres align with mine? Are they open to submission? And if so, what are their policies? What domains will I be pitching in? This is going to be a mix for me, with some spontaneous and unexpected connections. But I expect the majority of my pitching will be in two domains, email and face-to-face. Literary agents typically receive formal pitches using email or web forms. Many have very specific guidelines and timeframes which need to be tracked. As I mentioned before, I hope to attend a few literary conventions in 2023. Great networking opportunities, so I need to hone a well-crafted elevator pitch. I also need to remember to listen more than I talk. Let's get to the fourth phase, pitch. Propelling prospects into purchasers. The goal of a pitch is to compel the prospect into a conversation. Use the information from your research. Validate your understanding. If you're wrong, ask why. Get them to correct you. I focus very heavily on this episode on the first three phases for a very good reason. By this point, you should have a strong idea of your prospect and their needs. Feeling prepared will have you come off as more confident, which prospects tend to react better to. And even if your assumptions are wrong, the fact that you took the effort to try is often meaningful and it's a big differentiator right now. Remember, it's a push-pull conversation, not push-push-push. You really want to be human rather than an automaton. So avoid spamming because people can sniff out bullshit. Be your authentic self, not Joe Salesman. Uh, For products, is there an opportunity to do a demo? For service offerings, are you selling or serving? Focus on the long-term value proposition, not what you're going to do right off the hop. For partnerships, excitement is great, but don't let it get you off the rails. The pitch is the first step in what's hopefully a long journey. Don't try to solve all the problems in one shot. So in the context of my agent search, it really comes down to the goal of my pitch. I want to get them excited to learn more about my books. I'm hoping they'll respond with a request for a complete manuscript. To do that, I want them to see me as someone who is easy to work with, with the potential for a long-term partnership. Phase five, the post-mortem, respectfully reviewing results and rejections. Remember. Lots of pitches fail. Don't take it personally. People have so much different stuff going on. Perhaps they had a bad morning or they're dealing with lots of anxiety over something coming up. Maybe you caught them at a terrible time when they lacked the capacity to listen. Did you leave the interaction in a manner that will allow you to follow up another time? Perhaps the domain in which you contacted them wasn't the right one. If you emailed, maybe try a call next time. If you can, maybe you can visit in person. It really depends on the industry and the context here. I mean, persistence is an underrated value in sales generally. I mean, I've landed customers after spending years trying to get in front of them. On the flip side, there's a chance that the pitch failed because it wasn't a good fit. Or you didn't come across the way you intended. So if you're pitching via phone, maybe have someone listen in on a few calls. Or have a friend read your email copy. Get some outside perspective. And listen, count your rejections. They mean you're trying. Ask before you start. Why, how would you reject yourself in your pitch? And be sure to practice this question across each domain that you may interact with leads. You may focus very heavily on on making the perfect pitch letter via email. You may get a lot of feedback that that email is fantastic. But then you may bump into somebody at a convention or talk to somebody on the phone and sound like a blabbering idiot because you haven't practiced talking about your product out loud. And when you do get feedback during this postmortem phase, how are you going to capture it? You want to see the pitching process as one of continually being under construction. You're going to tweak on the fly, trying to learn new things, apply them as experiments. You may hear the term A-B testing. You may try different tactics in different domains. But in the context of my agent search, so I've spent many years in sales across multiple domains. I am used to getting rejection, and this, this doesn't scare me. And my past attempts to get a literary agent were haphazard and born from a lack of experience. This is many years ago now. I'm more confident this time around, but I'm not going to be cocky about it. I'm focused on making quality connections to literary agents that I've vetted as a strong potential fit. But just because I see them as a potential fit doesn't mean they're going to. I will appreciate any opportunities that I get to pitch, but I know that none have any guarantee of success. So I'm going to make sure that my system is very well defined to capture whatever feedback I'm lucky enough to receive. Let's get to phase number six, push, converting customers into continuing collaborators. Congratulations, one of your pitches succeeded. Have you considered the next steps? You need to have a plan to tie your outreach process into your existing project, business, or workflow. Do you announce or identify new customers to your team? Will those customers require additional TLC to onboard? Do you need to set up a service team to handle the new account? How do you relay what you learned during the sales effort? How do you and the team show value and appreciation for a customer's decision to go with you? How do you reward those who helped get you the customer? Is there any opportunity to get feedback from that customer on what worked? So, again, in the context of my agent search, I should only need one letter agent. But it would be foolish to pitch one, wait for a response, which could be up to months later, then go pitch another. I'd be pitching probably for years. So I'll need to have a lot of concurrent pitches going on. So I'll need a solid system to ensure that I don't double pitch anyone or follow up uh, with each one in the appropriate time window and keep track of who is who. And who knows, I may still be pitching for years. This process is going to require determination and learning on the fly. So putting it all together, we've covered my strategies for breaking down the six phases of a successful outreach campaign. Prepare, prospect, prove, pitch, post-mortem, and push. So the system you use for the campaign in these six phases is an important choice. It could be as simple as a notebook or something more complicated. Your company may mandate that you use their CRM tool. So you want to refer to episode six for a much deeper dive on customer relationship management tools. That term is not familiar to you. But if they do have a CRM tool, you're gonna want to tweak these six categories and the the mentality into that tool. Maybe you have to use a separate tracking document. Again, it could be a physical notebook, a Google or Word doc, an Excel file. You can go with a cloud-based tool with the option to add collaborators. Airtable, Trello, and Notion being my personal favorites. Digital tools do have a few unique advantages for each of these phases. So in the prepare phase, Many offer customization options so you can tailor your process to your outreach plan's needs. During the prospect phase, a lot of them have options to import lists or outside data. So if you do get a mailing list or you pull from a reputable database, you can easily import the information. During the proving phase, you can set up prospect cards that allow you to flesh out the information or questions prior to pitching and easily see gaps in your knowledge prior to phase four where you're pitching. So, your digital tools will likely give you the ability to set automated reminders or log interactions for reporting. During the post mortem phase, a digital tool may have a desktop and phone app. You can enter notes when you're out of the office, say at a convention. And during that push phase, so there is the potential for integration with your current business processes and systems. Uh, whether that be to move a product out the door, you can quickly take their address, phone number, email, and content information. It may also help with your ability to execute on the project or partnership that you sold. It's all going to be very highly dependent on your business. And again, in the context of my agent search, I'm planning on using Airtable for my process for a number of key reasons. I want to keep it separate from my primary tool, Notion, that I use to track creative work and projects. This is hopefully a one-off process with a defined end goal. Airtable offers an excellent Kanban view, writing group prospects into buckets by which phase of the process they're in. I can also easily create web-based forms for contact and data entry, making it easy to log information at or after a conversation, saving me time. It has excellent automation tools to allow regular reports via email, valuable prompts to ensure that I keep up on my pitching process. It's also very flexible, so I can modify my process without much difficulty, and its import and export tools are phenomenal. I love them. And there are quality APIs out there to interact with Notion should I need it as I figure out this process. So I'm going to finish today's episode with a quote. This comes from the introduction of Daniel Pink's fantastic book, The Cell is Human. The ability to move others to exchange what they have for what we have is crucial to our survival and our happiness. I really hope you check out that book. But I do have some other recommended reading, some collaboration tool links, popular CRM tools in the further research. It'll be in the book notes which you can get at chriskreuter.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-K-R-E-U-T-E-R.com or use the link in the podcast notes. If you feel that Chris dealt with it, I'd appreciate your support of the show by sharing it with someone who might benefit. Ratings on your favorite podcast player are also helpful in growing the audience. Visit chriskreuter.com for free downloadable PDFs with notes and resources for today's episode. Sign up for the CDWI mailing list or to send in your problems or requests for future shows. That's chriskreuter.com or use the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Chris will deal with it.